Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. Ken Barton. It's entitled, I Don't Remember Reading That. Ken? And I don't really have a witty something to start off with. <coughs> I'll just go right into my message, <laughs> I suppose. I, w I was, before I went to Japan, working on a message is, uh, I never heard that. And that'll come later, and I have a good story for that one. But anyway, I don't remember reading that. How important is it, I want to ask you guys, well, I guess I could talk about, you know, there's always a joke about somebody getting something and trying to put it together and having leftover parts and it doesn't quite look like the picture you know and people say well did you read the instructions and of course you didn't so you get <coughs> so we have an instruction book a manual as it were that most people don't pay a lot of attention to but how important is it that we follow God's word exactly and I kind of covered that on a message where the uh, high priest came out to meet Alexander the Great and God told him specifically how to do things and he did it and it worked out quite well. <coughs> but, you know, I've always heard, you know, that there's an another way. Can't there be another way? You know, aren't there many ways? Aren't we all, I've heard it said, uh, Worshipping the same God, really? We're all going the same direction. We're all wanting to end up in the same place. <clears throat> They'll say, we're all worshipping that same God. It's just, there's different paths. I'm sorry. What? And where do you find that in the Bible? I find more in this vein. Do not do as the heathen. Jeremiah Chapter 10, verses 2 through 5. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cuts a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with the axe. Then they deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither is it in them to do good. And then in uh, Jeremiah 25 and verse 6, God tells us, And go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands and I will do you no hurt. Maybe you ought to pay attention to that line, you know, don't make me angry and I won't smash you. <clears throat> but perhaps Exodus 20, verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Late last month, Glenda and I traveled to Tokyo, Japan with our son who, with his family, has moved there for a time. We're praying that God will 
work on them and they'll be back. And I'm I'm praying in faith, believing that. <clears throat> anyway, while there, we also went to Kyoto, which I had been told by several was a beautiful place to go, and it is. It's beautiful. Very, all of it was was very neat. Uh, there is not a uh, litter litter problem. You can't find litter. You also can't find a trash can. <laughs> but that's a whole different story. <coughs> but we went to some shrines and some temples in Kyoto. And there's a bunch of them. And they're very impressive. There's one temple in which are housed, among other things, 1,001 statues of the goddess Canon or God Canon. The, the, uh, genders are kind of maybe, maybe not. You know, Buddha, a lot of people don't realize Buddha is pregnant. That he's not just a fat guy. He's pregnant. But anyway, so there's this uh, there it is. Okay, I was, wasn't seeing it there. I thought, uh-oh, this is the temple that houses this. And you can tell by the scale of those folks standing by it that it's pretty good size. It goes for a long ways. And inside are a thousand and one statues of the goddess god Canon. <coughs> and then there's one of him, her, that's seated. And this is the, the thousand-armed statue. You probably can't see it, but there's lots of arms coming up behind that statue or within that statue or whatever and all these have arms okay <coughs> and they also have uh, some other gods this this statue in the center is the work of a person named Tankei a famous sculptor in the Kamakura period and no I did not look that up but I'm pretty sure it's way back in the low digits <coughs> As with other gods in Buddhism, this god's gender is not certain. Uh, all of these are made of Japanese cedar trees. And then painted or covered in gold. Kind of goes back to that verse I was reading, huh? They also made statues to smaller gods. Go to the next one if you... Okay. <coughs> This one is at that end where this goddess is. This statue's in the middle. All these other standing statues are of this god. This is the god of rain. This is the god of wind. And these two gnarly looking fellas in the bottom they're guards for the gods they're in the front along there like you can s maybe make out one here one here all along down there very impressive all made of wood none of them moved while we were there I'm pretty sure none of them ever moved so we took a, a bus tour of Tokyo 
thankfully had an English-speaking guide. So it, it really <laughs> helps when you're in a place where they don't speak it. <coughs> anyway, our tour guide was telling us about the makeup of Japan and, and their religion. He said, we're not really a religious people, but about 50% are Buddhist. And a bit... Uh, Forty-some percent are Shinto. And 1.5% are Christian. Not really impressive on that part. She stated the early Japanese were frightened by the weather and aspects of the weather. <coughs> and they made up gods that they then said were in charge of these things which let's go back <coughs> be not dismayed at the signs of heaven for the heathen are dismayed at them <coughs> like gods for wind and rain I thought that it was pretty good that she acknowledged that these were all made up <coughs> the interesting thing to me is that it still works fine for the millions of believers because there's a lot of folks over there Okay, and they're they're good with it, and they do worship. But I don't really want to focus on Jap uh, Japan's religion, Japanese religion, or China, Chinese, Buddhists, Buddhists everywhere. Let's look at some Catholic churches and some other churches. They also have idols and icons that they worship and pray to. Beautiful work, right? Statues. This is a Catholic church. This next one is a Greek Orthodox church. That's all gold-plated. Shiny gold. The, the gold plate on the other ones isn't quite as shiny on the, the Japanese ones didn't seem to be. But, you know, it looked like what wasn't gold was silver. Very impressive. <coughs> But they have all these idols they pray to. They pray to Jesus, of course. But I'm not talking about our living Savior, Jesus. I'm talking about praying to statues or pictures of someone that some artist way back thought looked like what he thought Jesus would look like with all the attributes of Jesus, kind-hearted and, you know, doesn't have anything to do with descriptions that are given to us in the scriptures about Jesus. But he liked it, and a lot of people like it. <coughs> Made of wood, or plaster, or stone. Doesn't walk around much, doesn't say anything, right? And then, of course, there's Mother Mary. Near as I can tell, she participated in two miracles in the scriptures. She's the mother of Christ. That's a biggie. But, you know, I'll give her that. Right? <laughs> I mean, and then there was the marriage in Cana. Where she said, they don't have any, they've run out of wine. And Jesus says, woman, what have I to do with you? And she Whatever he tells you to do, do. And she left. 
okay? Other than that, I don't see her mentioned in scriptures as being involved in such a manner that we should be praying to her. That's just two of a legion of saints that are prayed to. I know you've heard of St. Jude, with Jude's, St. Jude's Hospital, uh, Danny Thomas, and I don't remember, I heard uh, him talking about uh, somebody was very sick, and he, he saw this St. Jude statue, and he prayed to it. If you'll heal so-and-so, I will remember that, and I will repay you. And as chance would have it, they got better. And he was true to his word. He built this ho hospital, and it's still going. And it does good works. But I'm pretty sure that statue didn't have anything to do with it. <coughs> and St. Jude, by the way, is the patron saint of lost causes. You, you find a lot of stuff out on the internet, thank goodness. <coughs> and or it, so it's patron saint, this according to Wikipedia, if anybody, you know, has a better one, they can talk to me later. Or a patron saint or a patron hallow is a saint who in Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy is regarded as the heavenly advocate of a nation, place, craft, activity, class, clan, family, or person. Now we know from reading scriptures that there are angels that God has watching over people, but they are not gods, and we are not supposed to pray to them. According to the Catholic Church, we can pray to certain saints for their assistance with certain causes. <laughs> and I found this on the internet, saints by cause. And there's a long list. It goes from A to W. I don't remember a Z. Certain Catholic saints are associated with certain life situations. These patron saints, and I'm taking this directly from their, from the Catholic site. These patron saints intercede to God for us. We can take our special needs to them and know they will listen to our prayers and pray to God with us. And said, click here to receive saint of the day in your email. I didn't click there. This was followed by a long list of causes and the saints that you pray to for them. Okay? Many different many of the saints did double, triple, quadruple duty. You know, you only have so many saints, apparently. <coughs> for instance, St. Christopher, who may be the same figure as St. Minas, uh, is the patron saint for travelers. His most famous legend, mainly from the West and may draw from ancient Greek mythology, imagine that, tells us he carried a child who was unknown to him across a river before the child revealed himself as Christ. My eyes rolled when I saw that. Anyway, therefore he is the patron saint of travelers and small images of him are worn, often worn around the neck on a bracelet carried in a pocket placed in vehicles by a Christian. St. Francis of Assisi, I know you guys have heard of him. He's the patron saint of animals and the ecology. And of course, there's St. Florian. 
the patron saint of Linz, Austria, chimney sweeps, soap makers, and firefighters. So, St. Thomas, he's the patron saint of architects? I'm guessing that's because we know him as Doubting Thomas and maybe because when architects draw something up, people say, I'm not so sure that thing's going to work. <clears throat> Let me be very clear. The disciple Thomas, the Doubting Thomas, is not someone you can pray to in order to not bother God and to get something taken care of. Neither is St. Peter nor any of these other people that I've mentioned. All of this to say these are idols. There are pagan gods that were brought into the Christian church when Constantine decided that Christianity would be the official religion of Rome. And if you weren't Christians, we will kill you. So they started scrambling. And of course the Catholic church was more than happy to get their folks and just bring your gods here and we'll make them saints and you can pray to them. <coughs> According to Wikipedia in the Catholic Church, again I looked it up, uh, a saint is anyone in heaven, whether recognized on earth or not. There may be somebody already up there that we didn't know, but we could pray to him. The title saint denotes a person who has been formally canonized, that is, officially and authoritatively declared a saint by the church as the holder of the keys of the kingdom of heaven and is therefore believed to be in heaven by the grace of God. There are many persons that the church believes to be in heaven who have not been formally canonized and who are otherwise titled saints because of their holiness. Sometimes the word saint also denotes living Christians. In Luke chapter 11 and 1 through 4. <clears throat> and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, ceased. One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in, uh, as in heaven, so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I missed the part where Jesus asked them what they were wanting to pray about so that he could tell them which saint we needed. He could, so you don't bother the Father God. Which, what problem are you wanting to pray about? I can tell you which saint to go to. Not in there. Matter of fact, I don't see anywhere in Scripture we are supposed to pray to anyone other than Jesus or God the Father. Period. In Revelation 19, John tells of the angel who is guiding him through these visions, telling him John, telling John to write these things down. <coughs> and this happens in, in 19, verse 9. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See, thou do not do it not. I am your fellow servant and your brethren that had the testimony of Jesus. Your brethren that had the testimony of Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And also in Revelation chapter 22, John's overwhelmed by his experiences and again wants to worship his angelic guide. But he's told in chapter 8, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then he said unto me, See you do it not, for I am your fellow servant and of your brethren the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. Realize what people are doing when they bow to statues or pray to saints. When they pray, uh, my dad knew a lady that said, whenever, she, whenever I look up at Jesus, I just know peace. She had a picture of Jesus on her wall. And he said, you know that's not Jesus. But it makes me feel so, it puts me at peace. When they bow to these, when they pray to them, they are worshiping them. We are expressly told not to do that. If there were others we were to pray to on a level with God, we would be told by our Father in heaven who they are. We haven't been told that. I'm pretty certain because God never ever contradicts himself. Now I'm not going to go right out and start making that an issue with everybody I run into that does this. I didn't do it when we were in that temple. God didn't tell me to. If he had, I might have. But he didn't. Okay? And We have to pay attention to what God wants us to do when he wants, to do it, wants us to do it. But if it comes up, I know where I stand on that issue. And I know that, be, that because I have learned it, reading God's word. And someday, it will come up. Because sooner or later, we will have to teach people about God. In this age or the coming age 